well, hello. <laughs> wow. Um, would like to invite you for our scripture reading this morning. Uh, invite you to stand. <laughs> that should have been more specific there. Uh, we're in Matthew 11, and we're just going to look this morning at verses 28 to 30. Um, here's what the Lord says to us this morning. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Um, You can be seated and I'm going to pray for us. Our Lord, um, this is your, your heart toward us. This is your invitation to us this morning. And Lord, I pray um, I pray that it wouldn't be lost in us. Um, I pray that it wouldn't be wasted on us. Lord, I, I pray that you, by your Spirit, would help us to take this invitation from you to come, whether it's for the first time or to come for the thousandth or millionth time to find our rest in you. Lord, we do confess we are, we are a restless people. Rest is not easy for us. And yet, Lord, you, are, you have invited us this morning into your rest. The rest of what you have done for us, the rest of who you are to us. And Lord, I pray that you would Bless us richly by, by these words this morning. We pray these things, Lord Christ, in your name. Amen. That is where I want to start this morning, is thinking about what is the greatest invitation uh, that you didn't respond to or that you said no to. Um, the one that I think about the most for me is, I guess this is mm, 2000, late 2000s. We were, I was doing RUF in Georgia Southern in Statesboro, Georgia, and we had a couple of people, I had a couple of students in our group whose parents had connections uh, to the masters. And so this one particular year, uh, I was scheduled to teach Sunday school for the college class, but one of my students, their dad reached out to invite me uh, to the masters on Sunday. Uh, I think it was the year where it was a Tiger and Phil, you know, showdown. And uh, I said, no, I've got to teach Sunday school, <laughs> which looking back, I'm like, I could have easily found someone just to, to sub in for me. Um, but I think about an, an invitation that I just, I missed, I missed out on or that I said no to. And I think part of the way I want to think about Jesus's words to us this morning is I think this is the greatest invitation that we so often say no to. It's the invitation to find our rest in him and to find the rest he has for us. And all I want to do pretty simply is look at this invitation and do three things with it. First, I want to think about who is it that Jesus invites? Uh, Second, what is it that he invites uh, them into or us into? And then lastly, think for just a second about why he invites us, uh, why he invites us. So first, who he invites, second, what he invites us into, and then lastly, why, why he invites us. Let's start first with thinking for a little bit about who he invites, because I think this is really important. Uh, Who is it that Jesus invites to come to him? And I think we first need to say who it's not. 
It's not those who have their stuff together and are feeling pretty good about it. It's not those who seem effortless in their coolness and control. It's not those who have been near perfect in their spiritual disciplines. It's not those who have never done that. It's not those who are feeling pretty good about themselves. In fact, it's quite the opposite. The invitation of Jesus is for those who are overwhelmed. It's for those who are exhausted by themselves. It's for those who feel the weight of their failures. It's for those who know the sickness of their own hearts and minds. I love the way that one commentator, his name is Frederick Dale Brunner, he says it like this. He says, only a certain kind of person is invited by Jesus. Jesus invites those who are having a hard time of it, those for whom life is hard work and who feel overwhelmed. Um, so one of my good RUF friends, Richie Sessions, he does RUF at Vanderbilt. He's got this little illustration that I love where he talks about, remember PE, middle, especially like middle school PE, and I don't know what your experience was like, but mine was uh, we, our football coach ran it, and we would normally do, we would often do pickup basketball, and you know how it would go, like if you were the captain or if you were waiting to be picked, there were the kids who went first just because they were like good at basketball, um, and then there were the kids who were like maybe a little athletic and they went, you know, they went in the middle somewhere. But then whether that was you or whether that was just someone you know, there was inevitably what my friend Richie calls mercy picks, where it's just like the kid, uh, if you, I don't know if you've seen the, um, one of my friends was just showing me, again, the dude perfect, like every kind of basketball player, if you've seen that before, it's pretty, pretty spot on. But the mercy picks, like I, one of my friends was always a mercy pick, he's one of my best friends, but if you've seen the dude perfect thing, he was the football guy that just did not know how to play basketball. And he literally would just like run with the basketball and often score on the wrong goal. Uh, he was the mercy pick. He was always one of the mercy picks. And my friend Richie likes to say, when it comes to God's grace, we're all mercy picks. When it comes to who Jesus invites, it's only mercy picks. It's only those of us who know we don't belong, we don't deserve um, sometimes we sing in RUF, one of my favorite hymns, where we sing, the only fitness that he requires is to feel your need of him. Um, again, thinking about invitations, so my wife and I were coming up in 18 years of marriage, and we learned pretty quickly when we were, I say we, when she and, and with my mom's help were doing our wedding invitations, I really stayed out of most wedding stuff. But there was a little fight that happened because my mom, being a, a very Southern mom, was very adamant that we had to have uh, not only the right names, but we had to have all the middle names. And my lovely bride was like, no, that's kind of dumb because that's, you know, I'm not from the South. Like, why would we do that? And uh, I, not knowing what marriage was going to be, sided with my mom and <laughs> learned pretty quickly, <laughs> learned pretty quick that that's not a way to... Uh, that is a way to do marriage, but not a way that uh, was going to go very well. Um, but if you can imagine for a second, these invitations are going out, this, this invitation from Jesus, who is it addressed to? It would be something like this. Mr. and Mrs. <laughs> feels overwhelmed. Uh, 
Mr. and Mrs. knows and feels their failures. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. feels like a complete mess. And this is the invitation for us this morning. So there's so much good news if you are here and feeling that Jesus welcomes you to himself to find your rest in him. So who, who does he invite? But then second, what does he invite us into? And this is where I think this passage has is, is always been a little bit strange for me because he gives that strange image of a yoke. Um, and I think that image is not something that is, immediate, at least for me, immediately relatable. Because to be more specific, in Jesus' day, it's, it's before we know, of course, cars or tractors. You know this. There were these oxen who would be roped together by a yoke so that they could pull the heavy load together. I think it's important to say that this yoke wasn't a, a chain or a leash meant to kind of bind and restrict and control and punish. It was much more a way of bringing together to share a heavy load. Um, again, here's the way that, that my guy, Frederick Dale Brenner, says it. He says, a, work, a yoke is a work instrument. Thus, when Jesus offers a yoke, he offers what we might think tired workers need least. They need a mattress or a vacation, not a yoke. But listen to what he says. But Jesus realizes that the most restful gift he can give the tired is a new way to carry life, a fresh way to bear responsibilities. I think the reason we are often so overwhelmed and tired and weary is we yoke ourselves to the wrong things. We yoke ourselves to idols, thinking that they will give me rest. They, they will help me carry this load. Uh, here's, let's just think about some of the yokes that we can do that are not Jesus's yoke, the yoke of perfectionism, where we, we carry the heavy load of having to be perfect in order to be worthy of love. Or, or the yoke, if you're like me, of approval, where we carry the heavy load of having to have an, a dang near everyone like us in order to feel loved. Or the yoke of performance where we carry the heavy load of having to, to be impressive, to have an impressive resume with enviable achievements in order to feel loved. The yoke of people-pleasing, the yoke of often we can do in dating and romance, the yoke of, of lust, uh, the yoke of having to be fit. There's so many yokes that we often tie ourselves to. And maybe the one that's the trickiest is the yoke of doing Christianity the right way where we carry the heavy load of having to be disciplined and sacrificial and checking all the boxes we're supposed to check in order to feel like God could love someone like us. Um, thinking about this, I, I love Jean Fleming. She wrote this book called Between Walden and the Whirlwind, speaking to the yoke of doing Christianity the perfect way. Here's what she, she wrote. She said this. She said, in the 20-some years I've been a Christian, I've received instruction on and been challenged to read my Bible daily. Pray without ceasing, do in-depth Bible study regularly, memorize scripture, meditate day and night, fellowship with other believers, always be ready to give an answer to the questioning unbeliever, give to missions and to the poor, work as unto the Lord, use my time judiciously, give thanks in all circumstances, serve the body, uh, serve the body using my gifts to edify others, keep a clean house as a testimony, practice gracious hospitality, submit to my husband, love and train my children, disciple other women, manage finances as a good steward, 
involve myself in school and community activities, develop and maintain non-Christian friendships, stimulate my mind with careful reading, improve my health through diet and exercise, color coordinate my wardrobe, watch my posture, and simplify my life by baking my own bread. (laughs) I think that's my favorite one. (laughs) And she goes on to say, these are all beautiful, good things, but they're not Jesus. Jesus invites us into what life with him is and means, but they're not him. He alone is the rest that we need. And Jesus is saying to us this morning, whatever the yoke you've been carrying is, the one that's crushing you, take it off. He's saying, I know the weight you've been carrying, and I have a yoke for you that is so light and easy you're going to feel like an entirely new person. My yoke is light and my burden is easy because I've already done all the heavy lifting for you. Come rest in my work. And I love the way that, I love this phrase, come be easy and rest easy in my love. Uh, It's the band, right? I don't know if you're a music person, but the band, one of the best vintage rock bands, and you know the song. I pulled into Nazareth, was feeling about half past dead. I just need some place where I can lay my head. Hey, mister, can you tell me where a man might find a bed? He just grinned and shook my hand. No was all he said. Take a load off Fanny. Take a load for free. Take a load off Fanny. And, 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 if I could sing it. You put the load right on me. You put the load right on me. And Jesus is saying, he's inviting you and me to put the load right on him. The offer of his yoke is the offer of Jesus being with you and for you always in the full weight of his patience, and the full weight of his graciousness, and the full weight of his kindness, and the full weight of his faithfulness, and the full weight of his love for you and for me. In other words, it's not... Us saying, Jesus, I've got this. It's Jesus saying, I've got you. You put the load right on me. Um, I, I can think about, so the first time, this is going to be a little bit weird, but we're just going to go for it. The first, do you remember the first time you ever, uh, if you've ever had the experience of putting your full weight into an Eno, those little hammocks, okay? I remember, for, this is going to be weird, but we're just, we're just going to go for it. So I can remember Georgia Southern, uh, you know, has like, what are these What are these things? You know, I'm a little bit older, so I was like, I've never seen this in my life. And students were like, no, these are amazing. It's just like a hammock you can hang anywhere. And I'm like, okay, sounds great. I like to rest. I like to lay down. That sounds nice. And so they put it up in these trees. And I can remember for the, like, being nervous about getting into it. Like, what, is this thing going to hold the full weight of this, I was going to say this man that I am, <laughs> The full weight of just who I am. The full weight of me. And I can remember thinking, like, I'm not so sure it's going to hold me. And I think part of, part of what Jesus is saying to us is we can trust him with our full weight. We can trust him with the full weight of our identity. We can trust him with the full weight of the things you walked in this morning feeling ashamed of. You can, he, we can trust him with the full weight of our anxieties, of our sadnesses, of our despairs. We can trust him with the fullness of it all. Another way to say it is, do you know why the yoke of Jesus is easy? 
is because his love is strong enough to hold the full weight of all your failures, of all your shame, of all your sin, of all your mess, and not even budge. So first, who he invites. Second, what he invites us into. And then lastly, just for a second, why he invites us. Why is it that he invites us? And I want you to notice what he says about himself. Jesus says about himself, for I am gentle and lowly of heart. This is the way I was thinking about it. If we were to go around Lexington or or if I were to go around uh, campus and just ask random people, what do you think Jesus is like? I think the answers would be interesting. Uh, I think probably most would mostly be along the lines of uh, he was good, he lived a perfect life, he loved the poor, he was an amazing teacher. But I'm not sure we would say this. Or let's even do it like this. Let's just say we went around churches and asked that same question, what do you think Jesus is like? I don't think we're going to lead with he is gentle and lowly of heart. And yet, this is what Jesus leads with. And, and what he wants us to understand about his own heart and about himself. Uh, let's just think about it for a second. He is gentle. That means his kindness to you is huge. It means his patience with you is inexhaustible. It means his eyes are full of joy and his mouth is full of laughter. His hands are warmed in their touch. His arms are ever ready to hold. His tears ready to flow at the hardest parts of your story and my story. His delight in you is palpable. He is gentle. And his gentleness isn't weakness. It is his strength. And his gentle strength is reserved only for those who know ourselves to be so weak. To be so weak. But he's also lowly of heart. In other words, he's not proud or arrogant or haughty. But instead is the most approachable person we would have ever or could ever meet. He not only has a heart for the downtrodden, for the outcast, for the poor, for those who've known deep injustice and pain and suffering for the struggling, but he's in complete solidarity with us. And we can go to Jesus knowing he's not waiting to scold us. He's not waiting to shame us out of our sins, but instead to gently and patiently, with great kindness, love us out of our sins and love us out of our other yokes and love us out of our shame. Um, You know, it's interesting, at one point later in Matthew, Jesus is rebuking the religious leaders, and he says of them, they tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to move them with their finger. And yet here is Jesus, who literally moved heaven and earth to bear the full weight, to bear the full load of our sin and shame. He came not bringing judgment, but bearing it. And he didn't come to to put us in our place, but to put himself in our place, because he is gentle and lowly of heart. I love the way that Dane Ortland in his book, Gentle and Lowly, says it like this. 
He says, meek, humble, gentle. Jesus is not trigger happy, not harsh, reactionary, easily exasperated. He is the most understanding person in the universe. The posture most natural to him is not a pointed finger, but open arms. If we are asked to say only one thing about who Jesus is, we would be honoring Jesus' own teaching if our answer is gentle and lowly. I'll close with this. So uh, music, my brother-in-law, especially he's from New Zealand. Every Christmas we go to Virginia with uh, him and my sister and my family, my mom. And, and he always brings these uh, like mag- just music magazines. Like just he loves to kind of do year-end lists, who are the best albums of the year. This last, I guess last two Christmas, last Christmas? I can't remember. Yeah, last Christmas. He brought one that had a pretty fascinating interview with Paul McCartney, if you're a Beatles person. And I was pretty stunned. Like I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm a huge, like who... Of course, I respect the Beatles. How can you not? Wouldn't say I'm like a like I don't stand the Beatles, but this article was fascinating because it was just Paul McCartney reflecting on his life. And the part that stunned me is at one point he's reflecting on what it's like to to be Paul McCartney, and he literally says in this interview because the interviewer says, "What is it like to be Paul McCartney?" And he says something to the effect of, "I just wish I could remember that I was Paul McCartney." I was like, "That's profound." I think for you and for me, I just wish we could remember that this is what Jesus is like. I just wish we could remember it because I think we would be so quick to go to him. To remember that he is gentle and lowly of heart and that his yoke for you and for me is easy because It is the only yoke we will have ever known that can bear the full weight of all of our stuff. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this invitation. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would, you, you know where we are. You know what we need. You love us so well. Lord, by your spirit and by your grace, would you let us find our rest in you today. Would you make that rest fresh to us today? We need it. We confess we are often so weary and so restless. Uh, Lord, but we thank you for your constant pursuit of us and your constant inviting us back and back and back again to find our rest in you. And would it be so for us today? We pray these things, Lord Christ, in your name. Amen.